So I actually told the doctor, I don't want to give this because I felt so uneasy about the medication. So he went and retrieved it and gave it himself. The patient heart began to drop, blood pressure began to drop within seconds. It was a patient with viable vital signs to a patient with no vital signs. Medical error is purported to be the third leading cause of death in the U.S., killing a quarter of a million Americans annually. 23% of Europeans have been affected by medical error. Bad science embeds ME as medical harm globally, making millions missing. But less than 10% of medical errors are reported because medical error is the secret many healthcare systems and governments work hard to hide. Wrong medication, wrong dose, amputate the wrong limb. I am Scott Simpson, host of Medical Error Interviews and I talk with patients and families, physicians and advocates about medical error. They share secrets, stories, and most importantly, solutions. Medical Error Interviews is brought to you by my online counseling service, remediescounseling.com, a safe space for people affected by medical error, chronic illnesses, and other life matters. A note of caution, some may be distressed or triggered by the medical experiences of guests. Hello, humanity. I'm Scott Simpson, host of Medical Error Interviews. It is an open secret that hospitals' standard of practice is to deny, diminish, or cover up their medical errors. When they occur, there is often immense pressure from hospital administrators on employees to conform to a narrative that protects the hospital. The employee may feel that their job and career are in jeopardy, and they may feel peer pressure to not rock the boat and protect their healthcare colleagues. Nurse Shirley Parker found herself in exactly that pressure cooker when a police sheriff was shot multiple times in a high-profile shootout and ended up under Shirley's care. Although seriously injured, the next day he was recovering and his family was in the waiting room while the doctor examined him. The physician asked Shirley to administer a medication, but she refused because of safety concerns. The physician himself then injected the medication and immediately the sheriff's vital signs dropped and Shirley witnessed his death by physician. In our interview, Shirley shares the highly pressured experience of being a hospital's employee and a key witness in a court case about a medical death in that hospital. Shirley also shares how her father's death involved medical error and how these cumulative experiences have impacted her life's path. If you would like to support the podcast, you can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and all the major podcast platforms. You can also support the podcast by becoming a monthly patron. Premium patrons get access to video versions of the podcast interviews. Go to patreon.com slash interviews to become a monthly patron of the podcast. 
And if you need support from an experienced counselor for dealing with medical error and or living with complex chronic illnesses, you can book an online video counseling appointment with me through my website at remediescounseling.com. Now, here's my interview with nurse Shirley Barker and a word of warning as always that Shirley's experience in the healthcare system may be a trigger for some people. So Shirley, my first question to all my guests is, where did you grow up and what was your childhood like? I grew up in Los Angeles, California, and my childhood was pretty average. I mean, I was raised with a large family, just a normal average middle-of-the-road family. We're pretty content. And so why did you go into the healthcare industry? I went into the healthcare industry because I, number one, I feel like I'm a people person. I love people. I have a caring nature in my heart to like to see a smile on someone's face. I think that there's definitely a need. I was so young. I was like maybe 19 or 20 years old when I started going to, when I decided to go to nursing school. So I figured it's at that time, it's, it's not something that's seasonal. Everybody gets sick, whether they're young, whether they're old, no matter where they live. So I saw it as a career that would be never ending <laughs> you know, at the time. But aside of the good points of feeling positive towards people that wait a lot, but when you're 19 years old, you're you're thinking, I just want a job, you know? So, but I saw it as a career that was a great need for. It sounds like it fit your personality and it also had that sense of security in terms of long-term, their nurses are always gonna be needed. Exactly, exactly. And like I stated, the fact of being nurturing, helpful and supportive to, to someone else carries a lot of weight in my heart because I'm a very warm, like I said, people person. So get a lot of personal gratification um, caring for someone because everyone's going to need care someday. And I hope and pray that there are many people out there that has that cold, that, that open, kind heart, you know, that, that I believe I've had all my career to find that in, in return with someone else whenever I need it. You know, it's it's a wonderful thing though. It is, it is, it absolutely is being able to help and care for other people that can add a lot of meaning to our lives. So of course. you reached out to me because of, well, sort of two stories you wanted to share. One about a police officer and then the other one was more recent about your dad. I had actually seen your uh, article on social media um, in reference to medical errors and that caught my attention because I'm definitely an ad advocate for those that may be victimized or, or, or survivors of medical malpractice. And um, in any way that I feel like I could share my stories, my support in respect to medical malpractice, not only for the public, but for other healthcare workers because it's sadly, it's not um, often enough where a healthcare worker feels safe 
about reporting an incident because you fear retaliation, you fear some type of punishment on the job or something negative. So, you know, a lot of nurses and a lot of healthcare workers don't report as many incidents as they really should. I do not doubt you. Yeah. Having interviewed folks every week for almost two years now and, and then having counseling clients as well with those experiences. Okay. So it must have been really hard not only for you, but also for your colleagues to reconcile on the one hand, you're wanting to be helpful. And on the other hand, you've got this system that tells you if there's an error, you don't speak about it. It's, it, it feels a little hypocritical, really, because eventually the patient will find out the truth, hopefully down the road, you know, but the way the systems are set up, it's, systematic process of reporting it and then having it followed up and talking to different individuals that maybe have been involved. So it's a lengthy process. So sometimes, like I said, some employees don't feel like they want to be in the center of, of something so, so critical. So they don't speak up or they don't want to feel any backlash or any type of intimidation. So if it's not commonly directed with them personally as a job duty or what have you, then many employees, they just kind of stand back because of the fear of retaliation because of the lawsuits. And in many cases, you know, it's really heartbreaking because healthcare is a business and healthcare conducts things as a business. Businesses are not in business to lose money. It's kind of it's kind of like this. Somebody has to pay when it comes to an error that may be harmful to the patient, whether it's the employee, whether it's the hospital, whether it's the physician, whether it's whomever. But it's a cycle of business and health and Healthcare workers are just not as open as they probably should be. Like I said, a lot of, like I stated, out of fear of retaliation. So, and that that is just so true from what I understand. Yet, the incident with the police officer, you didn't buckle under all of that pressure. You spoke out and held your ground. So, tell us that whole story. Well, that was very frightening. There was a deputy sheriff that was on duty and he was in the midst of a, I guess you could say shootout with a criminal. Deputy was shot multiple times. He was rushed to the hospital where I happened to be working at the time. And I cared for him while he was under ICU services. And I remember this guy so well because the injuries that he had suffered he was doing extremely well in response to the injuries. And I remember saying to myself, I think it may have been the next day or something after he was admitted when I first saw him. Um, I remember saying to myself, when I look back on the surgery and his condition prior to me actually meeting him, I was surprised he was still alive. I was really, I, and I remember saying to myself, this guy is Superman, you know, really, because he was 
very healthy, very young, young man, very strong. Things just didn't turn out the way I expected. The process of medications being an issue, the administration, probably adverse reactions amongst two drugs was basically the nature of the incident. However, when the incident was followed up on, I was placed in a position that the hospital didn't want me to speak on it. It's like, you know, in other words, just leave it alone kind of thing. But the patient died. So it's very hurting to know that maybe this patient would have lived if this incident had not happened. And then you want to look at yourself in that situation. You're at the mercy of a nurse, physicians, employees, et cetera. And you're hoping that you're, someone is there that's going to look out for you wholeheartedly. You know, the doctor's looking out for you, the nurses, the x-ray people, whoever comes in contact, sure enough. But if something, things don't happen every day, of course, but when something happens so drastically, anyone in their right mind would hope that someone is going to keep their eyes open for me and speak out for me in behalf of my life if something goes wrong. You know, and that was the uh, focus that I had when things started going wrong. It was too painful and too dreadful to see the light from someone's eyes drift away in a matter of minutes and you were not expecting it. When I spoke out about it, I felt very intimidated. I felt frightened, nervous. I guess more than anything else, because I was made to feel that being truthful was not the solution. In other words, I was put in a position to where they did not want me to speak on it. Like, how do we know you know what you're speaking about? How do you know what you saw? How do, you know, I'm standing right there. I mean, how can, you know, I had no reason to not say what I saw and but number two, they wanted to blame it on another physician and somewhat wanted me to support the story that was not exactly going to be true. It, it, it was just dreadful. It was dreadful to know that you have this patient's family that's there and they're out in the hallway waiting to come and just visit as if, this, as if it was normal. They just saw the patient moments prior to the patient expiring. So they were waiting to come back in for a pleasant visit, the fiance and the parents. But how do you look a family in the face and hear a physician say something other than what happened? So, no. so what happened while they were in the waiting room he was very critical, first of all, but he was viable. One of the physicians administered medications that did not coincide that where he had a severe adverse reaction. I mean, it was totally unexpected as far as I was concerned. But at the same time, I felt a little uncertain about giving the medication in the first place because it seemed very extreme. 
in most cases, I have never seen that type of treatment being performed with these two different medications. There were common medications to enough and not given in such short proximity. So I actually told the doctor, I don't want to give this because I felt so uneasy about the medication. So he went and retrieved it and gave it himself. And this was against one of the other physicians' advice as well. So when he gave the medications, the patient heart began to drop, blood pressure began to drop within seconds. It was a patient with viable vital signs to a patient with no vital signs. The case was very high profile. We're talking about a sheriff here. It was in the media. It was, it was, it made news. You know, when anytime something happens to a law enforcement officer, you know, it's public information, public news. So even after the patient expired, it was publicized that, let's just say the error, the medication error was not disclosed. And many people don't realize that there are rules and laws that are in place that are so much in favor of the hospital that you on the outside looking in, you don't really have privilege or knowledge to most of everything that even happened when you're on the outside looking in because they're not going to expose themselves. You know, they're going to get attorneys to try to help sway this case off of their back and hope that the patient or the family that's filing the claim will just lose their claim. This is what they're hoping. So, you know, because like I said, hospitals are a business. The surgeon or anesthesiologist, so whichever healthcare worker is involved that makes a critical error, whether it's medication, whether it's a procedure, whether it's a piece of faulty equipment, once the hospital, if the hospital loses money, then someone's going to pay, it's going to be an employee's going to be reprimanded or the doctor's going to, may lose his license, the nurse could lose her license. So that's why I stated before, that's why so many people choose not to get involved because of how deep the situation can, can lead. When you see someone's life out in the wind in a matter of seconds, it's, it's very tragic when you're not expecting something like that. It was very frightening, like I stated, because the hospital was not willing to readily say, okay, well, the doctor screwed up and, you know, we're, no, it, it didn't go that way at all. And that was what was so frightening because they wanted me to go along with the cover-up that the patient died because of his his injuries. A lot easier to say, because if you didn't know the actual truth, you would have said, oh, he was shot multiple times. Oh, you're going to just figure, okay, well, that was expected. You know, that was something that if I would have just gone along with it and didn't rock the boat, no one would have known the truth. No one, no one was stepping forward on speaking on it until it ended up in the hands of the grand jury. And I didn't have a clue that it would go that far. I thought, well, maybe 
the, the, the parents are going to accept that he passed away from his injuries and that'll be the end of it because that's what they were told. But when I ended up landing in court, it was a whole different ballgame. But I had been badgered by hospital administration to not tell the truth. And I was very afraid. By the time I got to court, it was no way that I could see myself not being 100% truthful. Because like I said, if it were me, I would have thanked God that someone was there to speak up for me. Yeah, wow, that is uh, quite the intense story, Shirley. So how long was it before the grand jury uh, did their thing? Because that can be quite a long period of time. It was maybe six, seven months. So that's a lot of time to be under pressure from your employer. Oh my God, yes. Oh my God, it was, it was terrible. I'm, I'm, I'm here speaking with you because throughout my career, I've seen many different incidents that were detrimental to a patient. In most cases, the patient does not understand the full truth if you're not telling him or her the full truth. It's very important to me because of the many years that I have been a nurse, I've seen a lot, I've done a lot. And as an extension of my career, I don't think there's anything more valuable that I could do as an advocate for that patient. Medical malpractice is one of the, I think the third leading cause of death. Most people don't think about it until they become a victim or a loved one or family member or friend. Some people spend more time questioning the history of their auto mechanic than they do of the physician that's taking care of them. And with most cases, when people go to the doctor, what have you, they normally just trust that this person is going to have my best, best interest at heart and is going to really be caring and totally responsible for my care in a legitimate fashion, a, a fashion built with integrity. That's what you hope and that's what you like to believe. So I'd like to be a voice for that. And hospitals are usually not too fond of people like me. <laughs> and um, which is fine, which is fine. But it's something that I think more people should be open their ears about so that if they're ever hospitalized in the future, which they will be, we all will be someday, you'll have a little bit of the insight on what your rights are. Always ask questions. Always ask the medication you're receiving. Ask what time will you be receiving it? And when they know that you're on top of things, they have a tendency to be, I'm gonna say a little bit more extra careful. You're keeping them on their toes. And that's something that you have the right to do. You have the right to ask these questions. You have the right to understand what's going on with your care, even to drawing a diagram so that you'll understand it. Hospitals are so busy right now and you can believe there's a lot of oops and oh my God that's going on because of the situation with this pandemic. It's a lot of things that are being overlooked because the pandemic is taking priority over so many areas of healthcare right now. So hospitals are really, really 
under the gun right now. Yeah. What happened with the case with the sheriff, with the grand jury? What happened there? A case was determined that the, the, the sheriff did receive medications that were inappropriate for his, his care and that it played a part in his demise. The physician was removed from the hospital until, let's say, until the case was over or resolved. Several physicians were undergone because when the family pursued the medical malpractice claim, the review on the situation and the whole hospitalization was up for grabs. They looked at everything that was a part of his care. So it went so far back as many physicians were on the line. Oh, well, this one should have did that and didn't do this. Oh, this one should have did that. All types of things, which were not critical issues that led to his demise, but it didn't make the situation look any better. Oh, the man is deceased and this wasn't done and that wasn't done. And so it made the case even stronger. You know, you're finding all of these other things that went on that were inappropriate along the way that no one even, I mean, I can't say didn't notice, but let's just say that there are so many things that when you're hospitalized that as a patient, you don't have a clue, you don't understand. And most nurses and, and, and healthcare workers, they're not in a position to tell you when something goes wrong. You know, by the time you hear the story that something like that has happened, you know, you may be dead. In cases like this, back to what you asked me, the physician was removed from the facility for an extended period of time and then he returned. This really interesting as when physicians are, say, reprimanded for areas of care where they are not providing optimal care. In most cases, many physicians are not what we would say punished. The medical boards are ran by physicians. The review boards are run by physicians. So they're a loyal bunch and they support each other. They look out for each other in most cases. So when, I mean, of course, everybody makes mistakes. I understand that 100%. But in cases where it's a patient losing their lives or ending up severely damaged permanently, most cases, the patient has to fight in court with an attorney just to be able to see, receive justice with their damages or their injuries or their, their loved one's death. It's a, a complex process that's really blown up to save the physician. So they're fully prepared by the time the person says, oh, I'm gonna pursue a claim. Really something that I wish more people would step up and speak about in the healthcare profession. But in many cases, speaking too much about it can be a good thing for the public and for the patient, for sure. But it's a bad thing for the nurse in reference to a hospital that you may be interested in pursuing as a job. If they knew you were out there spreading the word, <laughs> they're not, you're, they don't welcome you. That's not a good thing as far as they're concerned. So 
most hospitals you would think would appreciate oh this person really cares about the patient they're advocating and they're no it's it's like i said it's good for the patient but it's not good for the healthcare facility and they just like i said hospitals are a business so they're not there to be held liable even when they are held liable sadly so it sounds like the sheriff's family have a pretty good case, especially with your testimony. And I know the success rate is really low. Tell me that they were successful. Oh, yes, they were. Now, I'm not sure of the monetary amounts or anything like that. But yes, they were successful. It was very, very complex. And so when you have a lot of truth not being told, it's even harder to get to the final end of the road to where there's resolution because there was not a whole lot of truth being told. But I'm, I'm glad I spoke up. Like I said, I could have, you know, folded to the fear because I was very afraid. No one was supporting me on being truthful. You have to live with yourself at the end of the day. Something like that occurred with most people. I would like to think that they would have done what I did. I had nothing to gain by not saying anything other than the fact that I could have got a lot of stress off of me, taking myself out of the equation entirely, but the truth is the truth. Yeah, I, when you say that we'd all hope that the nurse and the healthcare worker would be there for us, but as, as you've said, often the pressure is so great within the system that the healthcare worker can't. So I think it really speaks to your strength of character and your endurance to be able to withstand that pressure for all this time. I, I don't have much time left, but I, I wanna hear what happened with your dad. Well, my dad was also a patient that was hospitalized several years ago and um, he passed away due to a physician's error, a failure to diagnose him. He had a pulmonary, a lung issue and a blood clot pulmonary embolus had spread it to his lung, but they did not realize it when he was admitted into the hospital. They were thinking it's this, thinking it's that, but meantime, his condition was deteriorating. By the time he was, they were doing CPR, this is when they realized what his diagnosis was. By then it was too late. They couldn't revive him, he passed away. So that was um, very dreadful. It was in that situation, the hospital wanted to consider the fact that he was a senior citizen. So senior citizens get a really short end of the stick when it comes to hospital errors and injuries and things of that nature, because society does not really value the senior citizens. And the older you are in the healthcare system, from what I noticed over the years, the less aggressive care that you will receive. Medicare and Medi-Cal, let's put it that way. They don't approve or confirm many services for the elderly. And many services that an elderly person could receive uh, that, that they may need, they will not approve. So therefore, a person that's under just Medicare or Medi-Cal, the government or state 
medical services programs, certain services that they could receive or should receive, they don't. So what do you think is gonna happen to a senior if they're not receiving all of the care that they may really need to live a long productive life? They're not gonna be around much longer. So when a senior is hospitalized and something is deteriorating about them, hospitals are not as aggressive because it's a lot easier to say, oh, well, Mr. Jones, oh, he was 70 years old. Oh, he lived a nice long life. Instead of taking away the, the age out of the equation and looking at him as a human being that wanted to continue to live, you know, and it's really heartbreaking that healthcare does not respect our elderly. I worked in extended care and convalescent care occasionally over the years. And it was very heartbreaking to become aware of the harm that the seniors are experienced in convalescent hospitals. If you people pay attention much, you hear uh, commercials that come on TV. Do you have a loved one that's in a convalescent hospital that has this issue, this issue, that issue, you know, basically identifying that they're not receiving proper care, these attorneys, these commercials. And what's so sad is when a patient is elderly, people expect elderly people to have illnesses and pass away because they had a heart attack or they were sick. So when the elderly pass away, in some cases, it could have been prevented, but the healthcare services don't allow the elderly the level of care that they would say a 16 year old. It's so many things that are so heartbreaking that would be looked at as negligence or malpractice is so overlooked. So how did you find out that they had a misdiagnosis of your dad? Well, after he passed away, my family was very confused. They were very concerned about how rapidly he, I mean, he's in the emergency room one second and he's passed away minutes later. It was no diagnosis at the time. So this is what, of course, had confusion in the family's mind. So. They took it to an attorney to get consultation about his hospitalization, et cetera. And this is when it was discovered throughout the investigation and the medical records and things of that nature. The defense of the hospital at that time was, oh, he was elderly. Oh, he should have been doing this. And you know, it was a million and one reasons other than they failed to diagnose him in a properly fashion and treat him in a properly fashion. They didn't discover his diagnosis until after he died. You know, it was, it was a travesty. But if my family had not pursued the consultations with attorneys, no one would have ever known. But in many cases, it's very wise. And I'm glad you asked me that, how did we find out? It's very wise that family members or suffered injury or damages as a result of healthcare, they should get free legal consultation to say the least. You know, especially if they feel that something happened 
inexplainable, something that they felt um, harmed them. You know, it does not hurt because the hospital is not, in most cases, going to be so openly honest. You have to look out for yourself, speak up, ask questions. Because like I said, some people ask the mechanic more questions about their vehicle than they do about their own health and their, their, their health care services. Well, those sound like words of wisdom from somebody who's been on the inside and sees how the system works and also has that perspective to come at it from the outside. So I want yes. that to echo in our listeners' ears. That hospitals are a business. We all know businesses are in business to make money, to make a profit, and so on. I get that. But hospitals being a business, they don't want to take losses. They don't want a bad reputation. They don't want to look bad in the public's eye. They want, even though most hospitals do the best they can, don't get me wrong, they do the best they can, but things happen. And hospitals are not so eager to just throw the towel in. They're going to put up a fight like a boxer in the round. <laughs> They're going to put up a fight. And most cases uh, claim that a patient or family member may file for medical malpractice. In most cases, they're not going to even win the case if they don't have an attorney. Because hospitals are very prepared with groups of attorneys and they're ready to put up a fight. Got lots so, of money behind them. Yeah, so people just have to keep in mind to look out for a loved one. Well, Shirley, if folks wanted to connect with you on social media, how would they do that? I have a wellness page on social media on Facebook. It's called Wellness Island. Wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S, Island, I-S-L-A-N-D. It's a site where I promote wellness, health issues, nutrition, relaxation. In other words, health spectrum, psychologically, socially, and physically. Yeah, so I'll, I'll include that links in my show notes so people can find it there. And it also sounds like you also have that extra value of adding the whole sort of patient safety aspect. Most people, like I said, they don't look up topics like medical malpractice online, unless it's something going on with them currently. But it's good to be on top of things before they happen. Your life is in the hand of others. and some of the smallest things can occur that could be deadly. Exactly. You know, yeah, we all have to be our true. own advocate. So thank you so much, Shirley, for sharing your you're experiences and for the work that you're doing for patients. It's been a pleasure and hopefully we'll connect again soon and you have a wonderful day as well. You too, Shirley. Well, a big thanks to Shirley for sharing her experiences and her perspective from on the inside of the medical system and what happens when a medical death occurs under your watch. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. If you would like to support the podcast, you can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and all the major podcast platforms. You can also support the podcast by becoming a monthly patron premium patrons get access to video versions of the podcast interviews. Go to patreon.com slash medical error interviews to become a monthly patron of the podcast. 
And if you need support from an experienced counselor for dealing with medical error and or living with complex chronic illnesses, you can book an online video counseling appointment with me through my website at remediescounseling.com.